At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Montobel and Matt Humans on VSEN, the sports betting network. Yeah, it's not next week's games. It's... The game two weeks from now. Super Bowl 56 is upon us. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams will face off with one another for the Lombardi Trophy. Los Angeles Rams open up as a three and a half point favorite. Total opens up 50, 50 and a half, depending on where you look. And uh, the consensus side, for those who are just joining us, pretty much four across the board. There are some still three and a halfs out there. So if you want to lay it, if you want to sit back and do nothing, you can do that at two, of course. Uh, but the consensus number right now, four total has actually dropped to as low as 49 and a half in a couple of spots, including the one that we're sitting at right here, which would be Circa. So we have two weeks. Look, if we have two weeks until this game kicks off, as this is going to be heard throughout the next two weeks. A majority of this handle, the vast majority of this handle, is not going to come in until Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the respective markets because that's when the public gets in. That's when the people want to bet it. They want to tie up their money for two weeks. They want to tie it up for 48 hours at the most. So, this will get a lot of movement by the time we get closer to the weekend that will be. So these numbers will be pretty static. So early on, Matt, when you see some of these numbers move, is it safe to assume that it is sharp action that is pushing these numbers, right, on a, on a Sunday, what, three hours removed from the NFC Championship game? Yeah, and I don't want to um, insult public betters. I would throw myself in the category of a public better, right? If, uh, if you're betting hundreds of dollars on this game early, it's uh, th- that's not typically what we're talking about with uh, sharp money. Uh, it's it's going to be the respected groups, people coming in betting uh, higher limits, betting thousands on uh, on the game, and mostly what you have right now. If you're going to move a number, if you're if you're a bookmaker and you're going to move a number, it's going to be respected money. You're not right. going to move it on, let's say, my five hundred dollar bet or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be mostly sharp money here for the few, first few days. The public in general, really does not get involved betting the Super Bowl. It just trickles in a little bit this week. And then next week, uh, especially middle of the week, late in the week, is when uh, the betters show up with both fists and start betting props and the side and total and everything. So, yeah, it's more, even though this is a game where public money dwarfs sharp money, and we say that all the time, believe it or not, that's true, the sharp money is what sets the market here for the first week, for sure. Mm-hmm. So as we look at this matchup overall, again, sitting at four, I'll ask you from the, from the side perspective, because you and I both agree, I think when the public gets their hands on this number, this total is going to start to move up. You know, whether it closes as high as like 52 and a half, maybe, uh, but that's a pretty big I, I jump. I think 52 might be as high as it gets, but, yeah. you know, I've been surprised before on uh, how Super Bowl numbers run because, again, you get su- such a large volume of money bet on this game. Sometimes you could be surprised by where the number goes. Well, for those who don't remember, the 49ers-Chiefs Super Bowl, for example, 
that one, if I remember correctly, opened up 51 and closed like 55. Like that was a really big move in the two weeks that led up to that game. Like that's a four-point move. That's pretty strong. In this case, we'll see. Maybe three points will move that. So we're in agreement that the total is going to move up in this game. What about the side perspective here? Because in a Super Bowl matchup, at least by my recent memory, four seems like a pretty big number for a Super Bowl game. Usually you see these hovering around three to pick, whatever it is. Uh, but four, it's a good amount of respect for the Bengals. Vinny mentioned when we were talking with him, Vinny Mayulo, the South Point, their look-ahead number was three. So we've obviously seen a slight adjustment in favor of the Los Angeles Rams, mm -hmm. at least from last week to this week from a perspective standpoint. Do you expect the fours to hold? Do you think this comes back toward the Cincinnati Bengals side? No, as uh, Visa and Vinny Mayulo likes to say, I think it's going to toggle back and forth from three and a half to four. I, I don't really necessarily think it's going to four and a half. I do think the public's going to get behind Joe Burrow and the Bengals and that this number is going to be three and a half or four, depending on what you need at your specific book. You talked about um, tight Super Bowl numbers. We've, we've had a lot, actually, in recent years. And I, I look back through Super Bowl betting history going back 50, what, six games? Mm -hmm. uh, eight Super Bowls did the spread close at less than three. And we had one push. Uh, favorites were five and two in the games that closed at uh, less than three. And then uh, the one push was in 2015. That was, uh, excuse me, the uh, one pick'em game. Uh, that, that was 2015 Patriots 28-24 of the Seahawks. In recent years, we've had a lot of tight spreads, a lot of tight games. And uh, this is another one, a, a continuance of a uh, trend here that really, for, for years, the Super Bowl was like a Super Bowl-out. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not been the case. In recent years, we've had a lot of close games and uh, tight point spreads, and I think you're going to see a fair amount of uh, public support for the underdog in this one, and that's probably going to cause that number to bounce back from three and a half to four. Yep. So you, as you have called them, you get the killer, Joe Burrow. I, he is taking on He's the blooded, uh, taking on the softy that is Matthew Safford. And uh, yeah, by the way, going back just really quickly too. This is the largest spread since that Eagles Patriots game. Then remember that opened six and then closed four and a half. Uh, and then, according to Sports Odd History, uh, the Panthers, they were a, were they really a five-point favorite over the Denver Broncos in that Hard to believe. Long. And uh, the first guy who made a big move on the Broncos in that game was Billy Walters. Yeah. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of sharp betters, a lot of steam followed Billy Walters on that move. And uh, the sharp side ended up being the Broncos in that Super Bowl, without a doubt. Yep. All right. So, anyway, as we were talking, the softy, is by you, but I will never call Matt Stafford softy. He's a really good quarterback. Versus Joe Burrow. So, I like the Rams here. I think the Rams are a really good matchup. I think from a defensive standpoint, that front seven, they, it's it's something, it's a point I've made for a couple of weeks now, but it's, it still holds true, which is, if you're going to bother Joe Burrow, you got to be able to blitz, or excuse me, you got to be able to pressure without blitzing. They can do that. Aaron Donald mm -hmm. can do it up front. There's been a somewhat rejuvenated Von Miller, right, that's made some appearances here and there, but for the most part, it's just a front that can get after him without being able to send extra guys. You can also play really tight coverage on the outside. Jalen Ramsey's done a pretty good job. Dropped a, looked like a pick six today against the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Rams, much like against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, think what they do well matches up well with their opponent here in this match. What do you say? Well, I think on paper is no question yeah. that's the case. When you look at film, that's the case too, but also – uh, Joe Burrow's a fierce competitor, and uh, he's not just not going to sit back there and uh, get sacked ten times like he did. Even though you don't like his Tennessee glasses, game. even though you don't like the glasses that he wears, he's cold blooded, man. <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow, you got to you got to respect him. Uh, you know, I was talking about the Chiefs and how they screwed up at the end of regulation today, and um, 
when they had first and goal at the Cincinnati five with one thirty to go, you got to run the ball on first down, which you do. And then the the Bengals use their final timeout. You got to run the ball on second down. The Chiefs did not. Patrick Mahomes took a five yard sack back to the nine. They got sacked again on third down. That's terrible play calling, terrible execution by Mahomes in that situation. Uh, I want to see if Matthew Stafford can step up and make plays. In those situations, in a Super Bowl with pressure on him, uh, like he's never felt pressure before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm confident that Joe Burrow is going to be able to cool under pressure and he can make those plays. I'm not so sure about Stafford. So I know you're laughing that I called Stafford soft. He's going to have to prove it to me in this game. Again, today, he got off the hook. He threw up a deep ball that was more like a punt. It was dropped by Korski Tart, the 49ers DB. He should have caught that. There's no question it was right in his hands. Stafford gets off the hook. The Rams get lucky to win the game. I'm still not completely sold on Stafford here. I think, I think in three playoff games, he didn't have to do anything in the first game. He was really good at Tampa. I give him full credit for that. But today, half good, half bad was just enough. I kind of feel like the Rams won by default today, and the 49ers blew it as well. The, the Chiefs and the 49ers, who was the biggest GOAT today? Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Shanahan, or Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo? Who would you vote for? Who was the biggest goat I'd on go Championship Mahomes. Sunday? I'd go Reed, Mahomes. Mahomes, Shanahan, or Garoppolo? I would go Mahomes because I, I hold him. Mahomes too. Because well, you hold him to such yeah. a high standard, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing is like he's a really good quarterback, but at times, and this is like the way they lost today in terms of his inability to not get overzealous against coverage. We we brought up the numbers in the first hour, which was you know the Bengals dropping eight or more defenders in coverage in, uh-huh. uh, uh, on a majority of the snaps, especially in the second half, forty five percent of the time of those passing plays. You know that's what killed him the first portion of the season. It's how the Bills went into Kansas City and beat the crap out of him on that Sunday night game at the beginning of the year. They didn't yeah. blitz a single time, and he just uh-huh. made mistake after mistake, and that just kind of popped up today. And like that, that's that was that's what was disappointing. Joe Burrow with a. Uh... A big comeback down 21-3 to three today. Here's the thing. If if Tart does not drop that pick, it was basically dropped right in his hands, mm-hmm. we would be talking about who's the biggest GOAT today, Reed, Mahomes, McVay, or Stafford. Right. And that would probably be the question. So I'm not going to let Stafford off the hook just because Tart dropped that pick. I still think the Rams were fortunate to pull that game out, and um, it seemed to be a contest. Who wants to lose it more? In the last 10, mi- 10 minutes, and Kyle Shanahan, really disappointing. Kind of reminded you of when he was offensive coordinator of the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, This guy, he's a sharp coach. He does a lot of things right, but, man, he's choked in some big games. Yeah, the, the, fourth, the, the fourth and two that they decided not to go on. And it looked like they were going to line up again and actually go for it. And then you realize, like, no, they're just doing the stupid hard count and Try see if you get some. Sides. Yeah, so what do you jump off sides? Anytime like, you punt and plus territory, is a questionable decision. Yep. Inside of two yards, too, right? In right. terms of converting yeah, that fourth like down. It's like it was fourth and 17. Exactly. So then this is – so I can't wait. We can expand on this because Bruce Marshall is going to join us um, in about five minutes from now. And we're going to get his thoughts on the upcoming Super Bowl matchup. This is a matchup that I, I – we talk about advantages, right? you got to analyze every single which way. Where are the advantages? Where are the advantages? We're talking about goats and the way that these teams are led. Well, who's got the advantage in terms of the guy with the headset? Because this is a matchup, and this is just one aspect of being a head coach. But this is a matchup of two guys that rank at the bottom seven in terms of unnecessary timeouts this year, in terms of the way that you use them and the way they affect the clock and your win probability. These are two of the bottom seven coaches. And one of them will tell you who it is in 15 minutes. One of them is actually the worst in the National Football League. 
And I think you can guess after watching him today. Sean McVay. Yeah. Yeah, McVay with two of the worst challenges you're ever going to see today, too. You never I, challenge a spot on a quarterback was, sneak. What was, was that? I was really disappointed in Sean McVay and the way he coached that game today. That's what I said. I think the Rams were lucky. They got off the hook. The Niners let them off the hook. But Zach Taylor did not coach a great game today either. Joe Burrow was enough to overcome that. Plus, the Chiefs uh, kind of found ways to uh, screw that up and lose the game as well. So, I, I still think it's a pretty good Super Bowl matchup. Joe Burrow is one of the rising quarterback stars in the NFL. And the Rams um, playing in their home stadium in L.A. It's not the uh, matchup anybody would have predicted one month ago, but it's uh, still a pretty good matchup. All right. Well, Bruce Marshall joins us next to get his thoughts. A professional handicapper on Super Bowl 56. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can get replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. You can go to vsin.com slash podcast, get beating the book, get Alexander, Market Insights, Josh Applebaum, plus some sports specific ones like Hardwood Handicappers. Last week, a good episode on the Clippers and their comebacks. Mitch Moss is going to be on the pod this week. Market Insights, Josh Applebaum. Lombardi line, follow the money. My guys in the desert and more. All free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts. JVT, I thought it was important to get Bruce Marshall on the show tonight. Uh, Bruce, the uh, longtime editor of the Gold Sheet, VEASAN contributor, and uh, attendant, in attendance at Super Bowl One. It was not called the Super Bowl then, Bruce, but the Super Bowl returns to its roots in L.A. where you were present for the very first one. What do you recall about that one 50-some years ago? Yes, I do recall it, and I was in third grade, but I wasn't your normal third grader. Uh, I, <laughs> I read and I followed this stuff. A uh, couple notes. Uh, everyone called it the Super Bowl, though. Uh, the only one who didn't was Pete Rozelle, uh, yeah. but uh, officially they didn't change it until the third one. But everybody in the media called it that, um, and TV and on the uh, and newspapers they did. Even at the game itself, there was a big float called this, that they had Super Bowl on it. Much different, though, uh, that year. And there's a couple of uh, mis- uh, uh, misnomers about the first Super Bowl, that it wasn't that big a deal. I beg to differ. Uh, in my lifetime, I would say that game and Ali Frazier won were the two biggest sporting events of my life that dominated the news like no sporting events before or since. Don't look at the attendance of the game. 
Uh, a lot of people who uh, weren't, by the way, don't ask anybody about Super Bowl one who was born like in the 1990s. All right. They're just reading stuff that isn't true. Um, there was a, like a loosely organized, not even that loosely organized boycott of the game uh, in the LA market because they were protesting the local blackout. And it is interesting when the next Super Bowl came to LA uh, six years later, uh, the same thing was happening. The NFL lifted the blackout the week of the game because they were afraid L.A. was going to do the same thing and fans weren't going to show up. Uh, and that sort of lent, you know, lended to the uh, changing of the blackout rules the next year. They also didn't announce this game or the site for it until right around Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, actually, if you can believe that. Uh, they weren't even sure where the game was going to be played, the date it was going to be played, just that there was probably going to be a game. The merger had just been announced the previous summer. Uh, they finally announced L.A. as a site after kicking around the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl and uh, Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. They arrived at the L.A. Coliseum, and when they announced it, they weren't even sure what the date of the game was. Uh, and then they decided then on the January 15th, which was two weeks after the NFL title game. They moved the AFL title game to the same day as the NFL title game on January 1 that year because one fell on a Sunday. Uh, but the thing is, there wasn't that, uh, you know, the, the buildup to it started really late. And But when it came, I mean, it, it, it dominated, you know, I think the way you have to measure it is the available news outlets of the day all covered it. Everything. I mean, the magazines that were there, even in Look and Life, um, and you know, the National News did, the newspapers did. So it was a very big story. Um, but uh, and and the animosity between the NFL and AFL had gone on for years before that. And fans of each league, they'd been clamoring for this for a few years. And I mean, what I can remember coming up to the you know, we followed football. We were young, and a lot of the kids who liked the NFL, we thought they thought this game might be like Georgia Tech and Cumberland, like 222 to nothing. Like the Chiefs couldn't tackle the Packers every play via touchdown and things like that. I can remember the kickoff of the game being happy that the Chiefs tackled the Packers. I thought, okay, okay, we got that out of the way. They can do that. And they actually played the Packers very well into the third quarter. That game was not a, uh, you know, it was not a Bears Patriots. Super Bowl shuffle better sort of game. It was actually a good game into the third quarter, and then things kind of got out of hand. My, I was cheering for the Chiefs. My favorite play of the game, though, came in the third quarter, and uh, by that point, the Packers had taken charge. Jim Taylor, we know what a rough customer he was, uh, fullback for the Packers. He also, a lot of times, didn't like getting tackled hard and uh, come up you know, punching and doing things like that. He got a little mad at uh, Buck Buchanan for a rough tackle and started to do his little thing, shoved Buchanan after the play. Buchanan grabbed him and threw him down like he was a rag doll, and <laughs> as if to say, as if to say, "Don't you ever do that to me, young man." And Taylor just walked back to the huddle. So that was about the, the only highlight for me and the Chiefs, rest of the Chiefs fans in the second half. But uh, yeah, I was there. I remember it and. Uh, you know, I mean, Bob Hope, I just remember seeing him walking into the uh, outside the press box there, the elevator of the Coliseum. Uh, Sonny and Shear were at the game. So, now, Norm Van Brocklin said about five goals. 19, 1967 five. in Los Angeles. Yeah. 1967, Super Bowl one. 55 years Packers, ago or yesterday. You remembered everything. Packers 14 point favorites over the Chiefs. They won the game 35 to 10. And Bruce saw Bob Hope 
at the game. Average ticket that, price twelve dollars. JVT's price in. Well, yeah, I have the hope. ticket right here yeah. too. And uh, Norm Van Brocklin sat about five rows behind, and his picture. They had a gr- really great program that day, and he was still coach of the Vikings, so he's going to get fired in about two weeks. Um, and his picture was on the Vikings page, and I went up and got his autograph. He was really nice to me. I remember that he was. I, I had no idea he was supposedly a real prickly guy. He was very nice to me. He signed my program. I've still got it. Uh, he signed his picture on, in the program. So, yeah, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Did you know who Bob? Do you know who Bob Hope was? Uh, I got no? nothing. No. And the name? I know the name. Like I've heard the name. But if <laughs> you're going to tell me what did he do, then I'm, I, I'm not comedian. sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I, I kind of figured you didn't know who Bob Hope was. You thought that was the guy they named the airport after in Burbank. <laughs> um, Bruce. <laughs> what do you make of uh, what do you make of this matchup right now? We're going to call it Rams minus four, total of fifty. Yeah. Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the underdog role again. Might they be public dogs? How do you think this game's going to be bet? Who do you like? Analyze the matchup for us in a couple minutes. Yeah, you know we'll get into this a little more in the next week. I haven't figured out who we're going to take yet. We won't uh, publish until the start of next week. Um, but uh, first blush here, you think you know all these games lately. I mean, these two today were decided by three, three. Uh, three of the four games last weekend, three, 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 and the other one was, was decided in overtime. So if they're putting this over a field goal, which it looks like they are, I've seen three and a half and four in some of these early numbers, you might think, you know, this underdog might be pretty interesting here. Uh, the, the Bengals are really, this is, this is unique. And we know, you know they, they're setting some records as, you know, the, the quickest turnaround and the worst two-year record preceding a Super Bowl, and uh, it, it is kind of shocking. Um, but some of the other teams that you compare the, these guys to from the past, maybe like you know the Rams that year they run it, won it, the greatest show on turf with uh, Warner in 99. Uh, the Niners came out of nowhere in 81. Um, but during the course of those seasons, you knew those teams had gotten really good. Uh, so they were like favored into the playoffs. At least uh, you know the Rams were in '99, and uh, the um, you know and, and the Niners. You know they they had arrived during that season. We weren't sure how good the Bengals really were until the playoffs. Really, um, I mean they just kind of bounced their way through, and it was yeah, they lose that game in Denver in what week 14. Um, you know they would have been sitting seven and seven at that point. Um, and they darn it, you know, drew lock fumbling inside the 10 in the fourth quarter. I mean, who knows what happens, uh, but they've caught fire in the playoffs here and they're, they seem kind of impervious to the pressure and that's credit to Burrow, I think. Um, but I, it, we're going to look back and, and this second half defensive effort against Mahomes was something to behold today. I mean, they made Mahomes look bad and I, I guess maybe the, the Tennessee game earlier this year, Mahomes had some trouble, but you can count on your, on your hand, the times in the last few years that Mahomes has struggled like he did in the second half. And that sure didn't look that way in the first half uh, today. And I think that, that, that stop right at the end of the first half at the one yard line really turned the momentum of this game around. Mm-hmm. Agree. But the Bengals look pretty formidable and I wouldn't be surprised if they get, uh, get a good chunk of the money, even though, you know, the Rams are the Rams and they're playing at home and, and all that. But, uh, the way these playoffs have gone, boys, I mean, it's been all really close. And that would be my first thought. We'll dig, drill down to this a little bit more in the next week. And I'll probably talk with you guys before then, too. But uh, first blush, you know, I'm thinking anything over three points, you got to look at the dog. Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet with us. 
Yeah, I was going to mention, uh, Bruce, we're down to the final minute here, but the uh, the first we've, – we've had a lot of tight spreads here in recent Super Bowls. The first four Super Bowls, there were double-digit favorites in each of the games. The favorites won and covered the first two, and the dogs won straight up in the second two. Yeah, those are the AFL-NFL games, so the Jets and Chiefs did. Uh, but, you know, there was a span there in the 80s into the 90s. These, the Super Bowls turned into blowouts, remember. And that Chargers, the Chargers uh, 49er game uh, would have been Super Bowl at 29. That ended up with as the largest point spread of that season. I want to say it was 18, 18 and a half. There wasn't a bigger number that whole year. And that was because there had been a decade-long string, except for that Bills-Giants Super Bowl. Every other Super Bowl had been one-sided, like right. the decade before that. Uh, so, yeah, and that, we'll see. We'll see what goes on this week, though, boys. Uh, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you for the time. Okay. From 93 to 19, uh, 2007, you had 10 Super Bowls with uh, touchdowns of seven or more. Right. What a boring stretch, huh? All right, well, we got not boring here. It's the opening lines. We've got a lot left to get to. Last 30. This is Opening Lines with Charles Avantobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, it's time to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VSEN is a big part of your plans. We'll be with you on championship weekend with 56 hours of free video coverage on vsen.com. That leads up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. This is our fifth birthday here at VSEN, our sixth Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of the year, so to make plans now to join the VSEN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsen.com. So I mentioned this before we talked to. Um... Bruce Marshall, and I wanted to bring this up because this is obviously a very important aspect of the Super Bowl that we'll see between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. From an offensive philosophy standpoint, like play calling, still have a good amount of faith in Sean McVay, right? Just that. Well, I think that's his genius as a coach. That's what makes him a valuable head coach. He's a very creative play caller. He's an innovative offensive coach. Uh, but what we saw today was he's not always a good game manager, and uh, he does make some mistakes with challenges and timeouts and almost cost the Rams today. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get to here because <clears throat> Sean McVay, the game manager, leaves a lot to be desired. And you saw, as you mentioned it, you saw that today, burning all of your timeouts that quickly. But typically, do you think that comes from a, a coach who's maybe too emotional? Could be. I mean, Both challenges, I think, were made on emotion. Rather than intelligence. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the QB sneak challenge or like the spotting of the ball. That's not going to get overturned. Nothing. That's a dumb challenge. Unless it's blatantly yeah. obvious. So I think that's an emotional challenge. Yep. The, the second one with um, the, the fumble. They thought they thought the fumble. The, yeah. There was zero video evidence of a fumble. Uh, I have no idea. I, again, I think that McVeigh emotions took over. He didn't even consider. Why they're they're going to punt the ball back to me? Why would I challenge right. this? It seemed right. like it seemed like when you, when you watch an NBA game, right? And coaches can have the challenge, and like after every foul, players like go over and they're like doing the thing. They're doing the thing. They're like challenge it, challenge it. <laughs> it seemed like I think it was Aaron Donald who kind of signaled like, "Hey, we got a fumble," and McVay was like, "All right, screw it," and threw the flag and like emotionally responded to his players. So there's a couple of aspects to look at this for, from the coach's standpoint, right? Because, you know, you brought up the uh, criticisms of Kyle Shanahan in terms of the Super Bowl in which the Falcons lost that game. We've seen it multiple times. We saw it there. So I want to throw a couple of numbers, some analytics at you, I guess. Uh, this is from Ben Baldwin, who's a really good uh, NFL an- an- analytics um, uh, writer. 
for the athletic. Win probability per game lost by kicking in go situations. So essentially, how much do you damage your win probability by going when you shouldn't, right? Or should not going when you should. The Los mm-hmm. Angeles Rams and Sean McVay per game lost just over 3% of win probability per game. That was the fourth worst rate among the teams in the National Fo- uh, Fo- uh, Football League. Zach Taylor wasn't that much better, but he was much closer to the middle of the pack sure. than Sean McVay was. You also have Sean McVay is something that I mentioned, right, that was thrown out there today on Twitter. In the regular season, Sean McVay was the worst head coach in the National Football League in terms of wasting timeouts for no reason whatsoever, right? So you're talking about McVay in this situation where if it comes down to some of these, right, moments where you have to make the right call as a game manager, do you trust Sean McVay? It's, it sounds shocking, I think, because you call him boy genius, but you said it. It's boy genius in the way he's constructed his offense. Mm. It's not boy genius in terms of playing the probabilities and putting your team in, in situations in which they'd be successful. We've seen that a lot this year. Yeah, I'm a little bit conflicted on this one, too, because Sean McVay is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, and it's mostly because I like his innovative offensive mind. And if you watch his news conferences, uh, the way the guy explains things, it's next level. He's about as sharp as it gets. Unfortunately, during the game, emotions overcome him sometimes, and he makes really bad decisions. I, I didn't see him make many really uh, questionable challenges throughout the regular season. But today he made two really bad ones that were uh, almost uh, costly to the Rams there in the second half today. You can't do that under pressure. It's hard to predict if he's going to panic in the Super Bowl and make a bad decision. It might be Zach Taylor that does it. You're talking about two really young coaches. And uh, with Sean McVay, I feel like he gets more uh, emotionally involved and maybe uh, gets a little bit careless like he did with the two. Those two challenges today were as bad as it gets. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that as a head coach. And uh, you're not going to get away with it. He he got lucky to get away with it today because uh, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners made some mistakes in game management as well. Play calling in game management. So... I don't know when you're talking about a head coach matchup here, I still have to give McVay the advantage because Zach Taylor has never been on this stage. Don't forget, this is the Rams' second Super Bowl in the last four years. The first time around, Sean McVay got schooled by Bill Belichick. Uh, Remember what the Patriots did defensively and took everything away from the Rams? That was the blueprint, right? Yeah, Jared Goff and Sean McVay could not adjust. They had no answers for what the Patriots did. In that Super Bowl, you and I hosted the big game betcast of Vsin. Michael Lombardi was on, sta- on set with us. Lombardi stormed off in the second half and never came back. <laughs> he, he was frustrated by the way the Patriots' offense was playing in that game. The right. Patriots eventually uh, squeaked out a 13-3 to win. Uh, I think it's safe to say the Rams are going to score more than three points in their return trip to the Super Bowl. And, and one more point on McVay uh, as a But coach. I still have to give him a slight edge in the Super Bowl matchup just because Zach Taylor is such an unknown, too. He is an unknown, and, it's, and this is what makes it so interesting because if you really look at the evidence, it piles up as a McVay as a really poor game manager. This is from ESPN, an article from about a couple of weeks ago, and it covers, you know, head co- it ranks the head coaches by their fourth down decisions, right? Mm-hmm. One through 32 and the years that they have been in the league. So for Sean McVay from 2017-2021, he ranks 30th by ESPN. Win probability sacrificed on fourth down errors, 28.3%. That's wow. 24th in the, in the NFL during this sure. time in which he's been covered. Difference in expected versus actual fourth down conversions, negative 12.5%. That's 29th among head coaches. And non-obvious fourth down error rate, 28.7%. That's 27. Okay. So in other words, 
you know, he's making he's making a lot of the wrong decisions on these fourth downs. And I, I'm just we've seen and it seems like I think a lot of people are like, why does it matter? Who knows if these situations even come up? Well, we saw the 49ers win a game against the Dallas Cowboys because all Mike McCarthy had the gun out directly pointed at his foot and was just shooting it over and over again. Uh-huh. Like this kind of stuff could happen. And you said Taylor's a total unknown. It's a small sample size. So we'll see if that comes to play. But McVay is, I think he's going to have a microscope on him in terms of the decision-making as a game manager to come around on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, he make will. The obviously this game's analyzed unlike any other. Yeah. And uh, we're starting right in, right now tonight, uh, breaking down the game and the coaches and different aspects of the game and the props are starting to go up tonight. You're going to see more tomorrow. So this game's going to be overanalyzed for two weeks. It's hard to predict though. Uh, which coach is going to make a bigger mistake on Super Bowl Sunday? I think both coaches are going to make mistakes. I think that's a pretty safe bet based on uh, what we know from watching NFL games all season long. Most coaches make game management mistakes, and uh, they Not typically frankly. end up being a hot topic uh, post game. And that's probably going to be the case here. Who's going to make the bigger mistake? There's no way to handicap that. You just don't know if it's going to be McVeigh or if it's going to be Taylor. Uh, I still have to give McVay a little bit of a coaching edge, like I said, because the Rams are in their second Super Bowl in the last four years. And I just don't know how Zach Taylor is going to react. Hey, it's not like Zach Taylor was a game management genius today against the Chiefs. Uh, he was a little bit fortunate that the, the Chiefs were just uh, completely clueless when it counted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, they just flashed up a stat, by the way, for these two teams. The largest combined deficit overcome by the Super Bowl representatives. That was uh, set this year, 28 points. Combined, you know, obviously both of these teams coming back from their two deficits. So uh, we will see there. Like you said, this is hyper-analyzed. The coaches are going to be at the forefront, and this is going to be incredible because coaches, obviously, we have seen. Cal Shanahan's the most recent one, at least in the biggest stage, uh, that has screwed things over for his team in terms of the Super Bowl. All right, with that, to reset for those of you who are just joining us right now in terms of the line and where we've been, and we've also seen some big bets come in as well for this too. Uh, but – Four with a total of 49.5 or 50. That's going to be the number probably throughout the week. Again, three and a halfs are out there if you feel like you want to lay three and a half because the market's moving in that direction. As Vinny said, this will probably toggle back and forth, but we've already seen one six-figure bet come in at, uh, at Caesars mm-hmm. on a minus 180 on the Los Angeles Rams. But I think really quickly in these last 90 seconds, humans, the money line point is a really good one that you've brought up, and it's, it's one that we talk about every single year, which is it's a pretty popular play, the money line, but it's usually the underdog right leading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, a lot of people like to bet the dog and not take the points and bet the dog to win straight up. So typically the uh, the Super Bowl money line on the favorite drops. Don't you wait for the big six-figure bet then until you get to Sunday? Or uh, closer to Sunday? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. A lot of people get emotional and they can't uh, they can't wait. They feel like they got to pull the trigger now. We see it all the time. Every week. Uh, if I like the Rams here, uh, I'm kind of leaning to the Rams being the right side even though I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow. I think He's a killer. what I would do is uh, I would wait for a better – I'm not going to lay 190 or 180 on the Rams, but I might think about laying 160 or 165. I don't know if it's going to drop that far, but we got a week, week and a half to find out, and I think we are – there's a decent chance you're going to see 170, 165 on the, on the favorite money line. Five of the last six playoff games have been decided by exactly three points, and the one that wasn't was a six-point game in overtime. So I – like I said last week about laying three with the Rams, I would lay three. I would not lay three and a half. And I feel the same way about the Super Bowl matchup. All right. Um, when we come back, Super Bowl MVP odds are up. And I will tell you this right now. There's a guy at 25 to 1 that I'm going to be on to win Super Bowl MVP come Sunday. 
of next sir. All right. All right. We'll talk about that and more as we close out opening lines here on VSIN. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And make sure you check out our latest great offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, upcoming Big Game College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game and more. Check it out, VEASAN.com slash big deal. Capital B, capital D. All right. The market is up, my friend. Super Bowl MVP. This is one shot. This is BetMGM. You ready? The favorite, not surprising, is the quarterback of the favorite team. Matthew Stafford, Mm -hmm. even money. Joe Burrow follows it up. The quarterback of the underdog. Plus 210. The guy that we were talking about, right? He's got to be up there. Cooper Cup, four to one. Then you get into the double digits after that. Surprisingly, Jamar Chase, 11 to one. Joe Mixon, 20 to one. Cam Akers, 25 to one. And at 25 to one as well, with 11 targets, nine receptions, 113 yards, and 12.6 per catch today, and a long of 29, and who had 69 and 54 in the first two rounds on 12 total targets, won Odell Beckham Jr. Tell me I'm crazy. 25 to one for OBJ. Uh, I wouldn't say crazy at 25 to one. Uh, typically, when you get a bet odds that high, obviously it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense right off the bat, but. Uh, 25 to 1, that's uh, not, not going to be a bad play. I, he's only had one 100 yard receiving game, I think, in the last couple of years, but he's certainly capable. Mm. Malicious facts. Huh? Some malicious facts. Yeah, he's certainly capable <laughs> of being a guy who could steal the MVP with a couple of touchdown catches here. Uh, it's always hard to wrestle that award away from the, the quarterbacks quarterback. when you're talking about receivers uh, because the quarterback's got to put it in the. He's got to put up put up those numbers for the receivers. So Julian Edelman won it that year, right? Patriots Rams. Uh, it was Edelman, or it might have been. Uh, uh, was it Troy? Troy Brown. I can't. One of the Patriots receivers won mm. Super Bowl MVP. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, which is a tough thing to do when Tom Brady's your quarterback. 
How about Cooper Cup? I, I think if there's a guy who's more likely than one of the quarterbacks to win it, it's got to be Cooper Cup. What, what are the odds on him right now at BetMGM? Four to one. Four to one. So Odell at 25 to one, maybe. I'm not going to shoot it down because anytime you're talking about those type of odds, you can't say it's a bad bet. So uh, Julian Edelman in Rose that. Edelman. Yep, he did win it in Super Bowl. Uh, whatever. I'm not good at Roman numerals. 53. Um and also, he became the first wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP since Antonio Holmes did so that year that the Steelers won it over mm-hmm. the Arizona Cardinals with the corner catch, which I still I still attest that he did not get both feet down. But that's neither here nor there. All right, so Super Bowl MVP, those odds are up to go through to um, the rest of it after Odell Beckham Jr. Then you get to the really long shot. Like, for example, you said it's, it's hard to wrestle it away from a quarterback. Um, the way that Aaron Donald wins a Super Bowl MVP is that this is another 13-3 to type game, and Aaron Donald comes in and – has an absolutely incredible performance. Now, I will say, and I think you, with that look on your face, you, you're kind of thinking along the same lines. With that offensive line, mm-hmm. it's not out of the, the realm of possibility that Aaron Donald has a massive game against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, he's typically not a guy who gets a bunch of sacks. He, he's a run stuffer, and he disrupts a lot of things, and uh, he puts pressure on quarterback. He typically doesn't put up huge sack numbers, but Aaron Donald could have that type of game, and this is another – uh, popular talking point for the next uh, week and a half is going to be the Bengals offensive line, the Rams mm-hmm. defensive front. You're going to hear it over and over again. And I think Aaron Donald is going to gain some support for maybe an MVP case. So I, I would say if you if you agree with that, grab the high number now because numbers like that are only going to drop. Let's say what, what's Aaron Don, Donald uh, right now? Ben, Twenty-five to one. Twenty-five to one could be uh, fifteen to one before you know it. So if you like something like that, bet it now. Because I do think that would draw some action. I see a points bet. Uh, we had a, uh, a VSIN viewer, Sports Savant, send in uh, a couple of screenshots of uh, Super Bowl props that are up mm-hmm. in points bet right now. Passing yards for Joe Burrow, 265.5. Matthew Stafford, 280.5. Uh, passing touchdowns, Burrow, 1.5. The over, minus 125. Stafford, 1.5. The over, minus 190. Uh, so you've already got some uh, props up there on the QBs. Also, uh, I see Cooper Cup receiving yards at 105.5 and, and Jamar Chase at 80.5. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, we talked about this in the first hour. As, as competitive as a sports betting market has become in the past uh, couple of years, you're going to see props up earlier and earlier than we ever had before. So it's, you don't have to wait till Thursday night to see a no. lot of these. Pressure. This is Sunday night. We're start, starting to see a lot of this stuff pop up. As I say, I'm clicking through points bet right now. We've already got uh, markets for touchdowns, quarterback props, rushing props, receiving props, player props, team totals, game props, doubles, first half, second half, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter goes on. So it, this is in today's day and age, like you said, with all these markets that are live. And but that's you know that's the other thing I was going to bring up. I wrote this down, so I'm glad this sparked my memory. You know which market I would love to see in terms of the handle. We can check in and see what's going to happen. Joe Burrow seems to be quite the, and why not, celebrity in Louisiana mm-hmm. who just went mobile, right, yeah. in terms of sports betting. wonder what that's like in support for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of this game. Uh, if, you want a good, if you want a good number right? on uh, Joe Burrow props, don't go to Louisiana. <laughs> right. It's going to be all overs and If you, want to, bet, if you want to bet against Joe Burrow, you might find some value in uh, Louisiana on the props there. Yep. And that's the other part of this, man. That's the other part of all of this, which is all these different markets, and you know now we're getting all these involved. What these different numbers is just slightly different numbers. You're not going to see anything crazy off market, yeah. right? Like Bengals minus, you know, or Bengals plus two. But it'll get pretty wild in terms of the altered juice of what you're going to see around. And I think the prop 
the prop market, am well, I safe in saying, would probably be the most volatile in terms of what you're going to see in different there's markets? No question about right? it. Yeah. Uh, I also think that you're going to hear this discussion a lot in the next two weeks. Instead of betting the Bengals on the money line, how about betting Joe Burrow to win MVP? Yeah. I guarantee you that's going to be brought up on some decent shows over the next week. Right now, the Bengals on the money line are what, plus 160? That's the best you can find? Uh, yes. Let me let me pull up the screen right now, and I'll tell you officially. But that seems to be about the, oh, sorry, the price. Sorry, plus 168 right behind yeah. us at Circus. So plus 170, probably about the best you can find. And then you're going to find Joe Burrow to win MVP at plus 210 or plus 220. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear the argument, hey, instead of betting the Bengals on the money line, if they win, it's probably going to be because of Joe Burrow. Bet Burrow up plus 210 or plus 220. Or how about, how about this? Other way around. Instead of betting and laying a dollar eighty on the Rams, just take even money with Matthew Stafford yeah. to win MVP. Well, the thing is, if the Rams win, I can see some other guys getting MVP. Yeah, you know, like you said, it could be Cooper Cup, maybe OBJ, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Who knows? There, there's some other candidates out there. With the, if the Bengals win this game, I think it's got to be Joe Burrow. You would think, like, if you go through and I had, I had all this stuff written down ready, like if you go through just what this team is, right, in terms of how they play. Uh, football, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, we're talking about from a passing standpoint, like EPA per play, they're 10th in terms of their passing offense, but they're 25th in terms of the running offense, right? Rushing play percentage, they're 19th in the NFL. Rushing first down play percentage, they're 24th. It's not, it is not a newsflash to tell you that the offense runs through Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Now, what's interesting and kind of bringing back to what you're talking about, one of the main talking points you're going to hear for the next two weeks, which is the defensive line and everything, do you see Joe Burrow get what the Bengals gave Patrick Mahomes, which is we're just going to send our front, our front three, front four guys, man. It's just going to be Aaron Donald. It's just going to be Von Miller. It's going to be the guys we know, we think at least, can win one-on-one against your crappy offensive line, yeah. and you're just going to have to dink and dunk and be extremely patient, and you're not going to put up the numbers that you kind of expect. And does he put up a performance like the Raiders game, in which he was actually the, the first time, not the, not the second time in the playoffs, but where he was actually pretty subpar, and it was actually the running game that got them out of that contest. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that analysis uh, a little bit later. Uh, we got to wrap up the show. We're in the final two minutes. I'm not really sure how that's going to play out, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. No, on I need the to edge. know now. One o'clock Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be on tomorrow at the Edge from the South Point Sportsbook. How about this tweet from David Purdom of ESPN.com? The uh, Westgate Superbook took 17 bets on the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl at 200 to one odds. Ooh. The largest bet for $200. That's from John Murray at the Superbook. So um, I guess it's wrong to say you can't find value on the Super Bowl futures board because if you uh, bet the Bengals throughout this season, uh, 200 to 1 was up there at the Westgate Superbook. So people holding Bengals futures at some pretty long odds, 200 to 1. The Bengals are a team that got lost to the Jets and got blown out by the Browns. And at that point, consecutive weeks. sure if they were going to be a playoff team, and that's why odds – uh, got as high as 201 on Cincinnati, but 17 bets out there just at the Superbook on the Bengals at 201. Yep. So right, uh, we're here, Super Bowl 56 again. Uh, right now, the Rams consensus line a four-point favorite with a total of uh, 49 and a half and/or 50, depending on where you shop, uh, in the range of about a dollar 80, dollar 85 on the money line for the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, we're going to have a lot of coverage, obviously, for Super Bowl 56 over the next two weeks. It's going to be uh, the talk of the town because, of course, it is. Football is king, and I think. I like this matchup. I, I think this is going to be a pretty fun matchup. These are two really good teams. These are two really good quarterbacks that have a high level of play, and I think we're going to get a pretty good matchup on Super Bowl Sunday, hopefully. I don't think I could. I might storm off you know, in my living room on Super Bowl Sunday if, uh, if it's another 13-3 to game.
like that one. That was pretty boring. We're all done here. Check it out, vcin.com. <laughs> Everything that we have to offer, including that big game, big deal. Only $69 through April 5th. You got to check it out and you got to stick around. Look ahead, coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.